welcome to the Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and we are so happy that you're here joining us today. The days are getting longer, and the experts are claiming our deep freeze days are coming to an end. It must mean that spring is on the way. And while cocktails on a patio and sunny days at the beach are still barely imaginable, it is time to talk about spring cleaning. There are massive benefits to clearing the cobwebs after a long winter hunkered down. So let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. But first, here is Lindsay with our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. So today's tip is about when you have taken a bite of something and you just can't do it. You just cannot swallow that bite down, whether it's a gristly fat piece of meat or it's just something you just can't stomach. And so we're going to look into the napkin versus fork debate on how to politely get rid of that piece of food. So the one thing I laughed about is that one of the commenters said his mom always said, my, my, look at the time. And it was that distraction of her hoping that her guest would look away or look at the clock while she quickly disposed of the food in her mouth. So my, my, look at the time or, ooh, look at that. And as the person turns away, you could either A, pick up your napkin, but then that got me all nervous because I thought, what if it's a, like a cloth napkin, right? And you're at a good restaurant. Like um, we're not talking paper towels or paper paper napkins here. This is a cloth napkin somebody's going to have to open up and clean. So there's another risk too that you'll forget that you've spit food into that. You'll kind of put it back on your lap. You'll have another couple of glasses of wine and you might knock that napkin off and the food will roll out or you'll place it back on the table and it will come out. Or it's a surprise package for the server who comes to clean up the table. Now, one chef commented on that and he said that you could you could spit into the napkin and then just kind of immediately motion for the server to come over and bring you another clean napkin and they'll know what, what you had done, basically. Uh, another person suggested that they actually bring their own paper napkin with them in their pocket to fine dining establishments or wherever they go out. And if they have to spit anything out, they have their own paper napkin. They spit their food into it discreetly and then put it back into their pocket. So that's another tip. And now if we look at the idea of putting it back on the fork, this is what most fine dining or etiquette tells you to do is to just discreetly bring your fork to your mouth and deposit the food back onto the fork and then onto your plate, buried kind of by the food. Now, one chef actually at this restaurant in New York City said that that can actually be good feedback for the kitchen to understand maybe like the bad parts of the meat that were inedible. But we should turn back to Emily Post and Emily Post says to never, never spit out your food, not into a napkin, not into a fork. You swallow mm. it no matter what, period. Mm-hmm. And Emily Post is queen, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I remember as a child, those grisly parts of meat were mm-hmm. so hard. And uh, my my mother at, at that time anyways, would have fallen into Emily Post's camp. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you don't spit out food. Um, but that's interesting um, hearing feedback from a chef in particular mm-hmm. at a restaurant, because mm-hmm. it, it, honestly, I did not think they would even have an opinion yeah. on this at all, except for being offended, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Yep, I know. Um, I actually learned 
quite a bit about this and a lot of chefs weighed in. And so it seemed like most of them understood that you're not going to be able to maybe consume every bite. Then there, it went down this whole other thing about like in China and how a messy table with spit out food bones is actually a sign that you really enjoyed your meal. So like, Mm. yeah. And then, but then in Japan, it's the opposite and everything has to be immaculate and tidy on the table. So like everything you and I start to talk about, we could go on and on and it goes all around the world with different etiquette tips on this sort of thing. Yeah, but good to know. And uh, I'll be sure to carry a disposable napkin in my pocket when I'm going out to eat from now on. (laughs) (laughs) So it's hard to imagine talking about spring with snow piled up outside our windows. But it is about that time of year when a lot of people start thinking about their spring cleaning regimens. Right, Lindsay? Yeah, you know what? It's no coincidence that a lot of the cultures and or religions around the world tend to have their New Year's happen around the same time that spring happens. There's a lot to be said, as you and I talked about in our New Year's resolutions episode, about a fresh start. Mm -hmm. And what better time to have a fresh start when then when you can open the windows and let the sunshine in. Right. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense going along with the year and the weather, there seems in history to be a lot of cohesion between all those different factors that we're kind of desensitized to noticing. Yeah. So one of the main things about why it's spring cleaning is that, you know, in the past houses were locked up tight. You put your storm windows on and all that sort of thing. And then, but your houses were lit with lamps that were filled with either whale oil, which again, I'm learning about right now with Moby Dick. Um, (laughs) Hashtag Moby Moby Dick. Dick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Or kerosene oil. And then houses were warmed with fires that, you know, were coal or wood burning. And so you can only, I mean, we can only imagine the amount of grime, oily, sticky grime and soot and ash. The houses would have been absolutely filthy, but they couldn't fully clean all that out until they could open the windows, right? And really get that dust out. And so that was the main thing about why spring cleaning was really different than other parts of the year. Mm -hmm. And also too, the daylight playing a big part too. Like uh, if it's still dark for a lot of your days and you are using those candles often, I I can see it being kind of a a practice in futility to try to clean the grime from your candles off the walls when you're still using the candles so often. Absolutely. And one source I read said too that when we, with the daylight, when it's so much darker, we do tend to have lower, is it melatonin levels? And so we are more tired mm. in the winter. We just don't have the same amount of energy that we have during a spring day, you know, as we all jump up and have the energy. And just even the very act, like the sunlight actually coming into the houses can kill bacteria. So that even just naturally, even if we didn't do anything, oh, <laughs> we right. just open the curtains. <laughs> uh, the sun is naturally yes. cleaning our houses for us. Um, so some of the different customs, I was looking at some interesting things from around the world. And um, as you and I talked about with fasting on our last episode, you know, Lent is upon us. And so Lent was a big um, motivator for a lot of customs with cleaning. And Lent, um, our Easter period, obviously is like the fulfillment of the Jewish Passover. So I'm going to talk about those two things for a second. So in the Greek Orthodox tradition, they do a full house cleaning leading up to Lent. It's a full week and they call it clean week. I want clean week. (laughs) I want a big chart. I want a big banner. Yes, that I unfold every year we hang up and it says clean week. (laughs) 
So it might be oh. like ordering a custom banner. <laughs> um, and, and so, like I said, in Jewish custom, um, they have to search for every speck, every speck of leavening or of a crumb mm. from leavened bread before they enter into Passover. And they use a candle and a feather. And so they often will hide around 10 pieces or like crumbs, um, not hidden, hidden well, but throughout the house and the whole family goes room to room and the man of the house holds the candle and the feather and they try to collect and sweep with the feather every tiny crumb. And then they gather together all of those bits of leavening and bread and flour and they burn them. And as they've been doing this, like so many of the other customs, it's not just about cleaning your house. It's about cleaning out your heart, right? Too, and like mm. readying yourself spiritually. So mm-hmm. when they go to burn these pieces, it's kind of like um, a fresh start that your home and your house, your heart are clean, like truly yes. clean with the burning of those items. And that's called a hametz. Um, yeah, yeah yes. here we go. There's more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two more I just want to tell you about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chinese New Year, which is also known as the Lunar New Year. There's a Cantonese saying that says, wash away the dirt on Ninyabat. And uh, that is the 28th day of the 12th month. Um, but this genuinely generally means cleaning the house thoroughly before their Lunar New Year, which just happened, right? Um, mm-hmm. And this includes painting touch-ups, fixing broken things. Rooms are swept from the entrance of the house to the center, and then everything is swept out the back door, and all the trash mm-hmm. goes out the back door uh, so that they can only bring goodness in through the front of the house and into the home after they've done that. Um, and the last, oh. yeah, and the last thing is Persians do a cleaning ritual which takes place before their New Year, first day of spring, and the cleaning ritual is called kanet kani which is literally shaking the house and i love that one too do you like mm-hmm. shaking the house <laughs> yes you have many banners to order i know <laughs> <laughs> and but, but, but minimalism right hashtag minimalism right. oh <laughs> such a conundrum <laughs> yes um so it means the inf- entire family top to bottom they do everything the silverware they touch up paint as well uh they they also clear out the wood uh, winter debris out of the gardens and then they burn sandalwood and buy fresh flowers and, you know, just bring in that beautiful, clean smell into the house. Mm-hmm. I love learning about how different cultures and different time periods viewed spring cleaning. It is so vastly different from what we what we consider it to be now. And even thinking about even in the in North America, but historically and how uh, housewives in the past, they had less conveniences So like the washing machines, dishwashers, et cetera. And so they physically had to clean more often and more physically difficult tasks. And they did do that, but they still had an annual total overhaul too. Right. And I I only really did an intentional spring clean for the first time last year. After a few years of decluttering, I finally felt like I was not so discouraged. I couldn't even try. Mm. Uh, But just comparing what I am today in modern era, even to our historical counterparts in North America, our global counterparts around the world, it is such an interesting, it seems like such a simple topic that has so many different facets and origins. It really does. And it seems like almost all of these places that I researched, everything goes beyond 
the physical cleaning of the house. Mm -hmm. So with the Chinese culture, it's a good luck, bad luck thing. With the Persians, it's ridding the house of evil spirits. Um, you know, in the like I was explaining with um, Judaism, that it's it's prepping your heart and your home, and that's the same thing with us with Lent, right? Ours is a mm -hmm. is a ordering of our home so that our our hearts can be properly ordered just towards growing closer to God during Lent and detaching from some of those earthly things. And so all of these things, I think whether you're spiritual or not, I think that we can't help but accept that cleaning our house is so much more than just cleaning our houses. Right. Even from a non-religious standpoint, too, you and I were reading some uh, psychology, secular psychology, on the benefits of doing a spring cleaning and a good uh, dusting off after the winter is over. And uh, that stress and clutter have such a close connection that we are, are sometimes unaware of in our lives as we just move through our house um, and if we don't take the time to clear it out. Yeah, there was a great article that we both read on psychologytoday.com that we can post in the show notes about how they found, and this is studies, that women feel clutter stress more than men do, and that this kind of chronic stress level adds, you know, increases your cortisol. And cortisol is the stress hormone that causes that stomach weight, that belly weight. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and it's really hard to get your cortisol under control when you're stressed like that. And so, they we know that there is a link between clutter and and stress and then we also know that there's a link between decluttering and people who get up and move around more that that there if you have a disorganized space this article says in psychology today th that it equals less physical activity that there is a correlation mm. between that so mm. on the flip side we know that when you get up and you do a deep cleaning or any kind of cleaning you get moving um, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the sunlight pours in and that as soon as you start those actions, your brain and your heart start saying, this is a fresh start, whether it's our Friday clean with the start for the weekend or Monday morning or a big spring clean, just that notion of a fresh start. Mm -hmm. It goes along with what we were saying, uh, what we often say about the exterior interior connection, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. what's going on on the outside can really have a transformative effect of what's going on interiorly too. Yeah. I also love like the idea of upkeep of your house, which is sometimes overlooked, but is a big part of spring cleaning too. It's a, a great chance to practice being good stewards of our things. And so it can also foster a lot of gratitude too, right? Yeah. Like how often do we take such close stock of the things that we have and the condition of the house and its fixtures and things like that. Like um, even I'm looking around my house now, just kind of puttering around and I'll notice my window screens. Yeah. Like, are there little holes that need to be mended or screens that need to be replaced altogether? Uh, small stains in upholstery that maybe you didn't catch right away. And when you're in that mind frame of going around your house, uh, it can also remind you of the good things that you have, how grateful you are for them, and the desire to maintain them well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That gratitude is so important. And like you're saying that with noticing those little things, I'm sure most people here have experienced that thing that when you get down on your hands and knees and you start vacuuming under the couch, then you start seeing that stain mm. on the couch and then you see the chipped paint on the baseboard and then you start seeing, right? <laughs> and so then it's like, once you start this, people, be prepared. And one of the things I read is a good reminder that 
sometimes it has to get a lot worse before it gets better. So mm -hmm. if you're ready to embark on on clean week, um, be prepared <laughs> that we used to call it when I worked um, at Pier 1 and we, we would do spring transition and seasonal transition in the store. We called it the bump to bump. That was the technical word, which just oh. means when you start a project and it bumps to the next project, then it bumps mm -hmm. to the and you just like you literally <laughs> everything t without expecting it turns into another project, the bump to bump. And right. I find that that happens every time you start a deep clean. Yes, it's like that children's book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Yes. <laughs> Are you familiar with that? Yes. Because I thought everyone was familiar with that book, but it appears that many people have not heard of it. And yeah. just that, you know, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk to go with it. And then you're going to go and find out the milk is empty. So you're going to go to the store and it just goes on and on. But everything is conditional upon the last thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's cleaning is a lot like that. If you give your mom a dishcloth, if you give a mom a dishcloth. <laughs> <laughs> but I was on a website called brookhavenretreat.com, and they recommended that we can also offer to help others with spring cleaning. And I had actually never thought of that. And so what a great way to practice charity, especially during Lent, that if you kind of have a good handle on your home, or maybe you don't have young children in your home anymore, or you haven't had children yet, and you've got a little spare time, why don't you call up the mom with the four kids who homeschools who lives in Waterloo region and uh, see if you can give her a hand. Um, but no, like just offering our services, right? To go over, spend a day, mm -hmm. pick up some coffees and just say, you know, what? I'll come over and help you do that. I love doing that. And I thought that was a mm -hmm. great tip and it makes us feel better as well. Um, and the biggest tip, the biggest tip for spring cleaning is music, cranking mm, the tunes, yes. right? Mm -hmm. I found that putting on the music for the big jobs, like the scrubbing, the moving furniture, I, I can go from the least motivated I've ever felt to putting on the tunes to jumping up and cleaning for 10 hours straight. But then podcasts I found are good for like quiet, repetitive work like the dishes mm -hmm. or folding laundry. No, you're right. And sometimes I, I even go beyond cleaning playlists and I go to like, uh, I search on Spotify for like hardcore workout playlists. Wow. Do they have right. cleaning playlists? They do have cleaning playlists. Yeah. Oh. You just have to search cleaning. Uh, sometimes they're too tame for me. I need something <laughs> extra aggressive. <laughs> so hardcore workout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Going back to what you were saying about lending other people a hand, mm -hmm. I'd also like to note that I, I have really gotten uh, more and more into this idea of even when you're paying social visits, yeah. especially to a close friend or a family, uh, I really would not mind if we're just sitting there chatting. Do you have laundry to fold? Like, maybe that's too personal. Maybe that's for family. But even like, is your sink full of dishes? Why don't we just stand there and, you know, bang out the dishes while right. we're while we're chatting? Or uh, I have a friend who hangs her laundry in the summer and when I come over, she might be just finishing up a basket and we'll just chat and catch up on our days and I'll pass her clothespins, you know, I love like that. there's no reason why we can't make this a little bit pleasurable for ourselves as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of making it pleasurable for yourself, I did read too that there's no reason why we can't reward ourselves after our spring cleaning with some fresh flowers or maybe going to get the two new toss pillows for your couch in spring colors. Like there's no reason why you can't set a goal for yourself and then go out and get one little fresh springtime addition to your home. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now you have me curious. Um, what do you do for spring cleaning? Drink cleaning. Okay. okay. You mentioned screens, which is actually the top of my list, believe oh. it or not. <laughs> um, I take out a lot of my screens over the winter because I don't like how they look. And so mm. for the aesthetic of my house, um, 
except for uh, the odd window just to let in a little winter fresh air, I take out a lot of the screens and I store them in the basement. So one of my first spring cleaning things that I do is get the screens back out and I either, if, if I can get outside, I'll hose them down. Um, mm. Or my mother, we used to wash them in our bathtub with a with the big brush that used to wash your car. Um, yes. Or you can just vacuum them. You might like give them a good wipe down. And then um, all of the windows I do fully deep clean inside out. I clean my windows regularly, but I'm talking Q-tips with um, bleach on them to kill any little bits of mold. We have, um, even though our house is newer, it's, these new houses are terrible for mold around the windows. They are. Terrible. It's brutal. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, I sometimes let that slip further than I should. So I really make sure that that's a huge job I do while I'm doing the windows. Um, And so I do, and the runner along the bottom of the sliding doors, right? And then it's the first warm day, the very first warm day, you'll see me out there with a ladder in the snow and I'm doing as many windows as I can safely outside. And we have yet to do our second floor windows at the back. I'm going to have to look into hiring a company, but um, windows, that's a big thing for me. Uh, My next spring cleaning thing is I do the legs of things. And so I'm talking the kitchen table legs, the chair legs, the sofa legs, the dining table legs. I, I, I look low. And so any people with small children will re- agree mm. with the fact that there are glasses of milk and juice spilled four times a day and the splashes go all up and we do a quick wipe up and even when we wash the floors, we get it. But there is, I have a black table and chairs, right? And mm-hmm. there is milk dots that are rock hard that I just haven't gotten that up all up under the table that I just can't get to all the time. And it takes a long time to really get in, take, turn everything upside down and give it a really good clean. So I look low and I'll get out the touch up pen and I'll do the chair legs, the, ta- um, the sofa legs and that kind of thing. Um, so I do all of that touching up and cleaning up of the legs of the furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do my dryer, uh, my dryer vent. And so we like, obviously I do the small vent every time I do laundry, but I just had a friend of mine who was an appliance repairman and he came and took apart my dryer and he showed me how close we were to having had a fire that there was burned charred stuff all inside. And wow. so he- Yeah, I just spoke with him before the podcast and he said on average, you would pay about 75 bucks to have somebody come in. And so he said about every two years, you really should have a professional come in and open your dryer all the way up and lift Mm -hmm. it and they clean all in behind it. I have had a friend who had a house fire from her dryer. Um, And then the last thing that I do is um, I want to address like clothing and toys and closets, that sort of thing. But I do that before Christmas. That's my pre-Christmas clean out to make room Mm -hmm. for new clothing and toys at Christmas. So that's been pretty much still under control by the time spring rolls around. But I am obviously we do the spring transition into clothing. But what I do in the earliest part of spring, because I want to seize the hope of the warm weather right now, it's still snowing out, right? And it was felt like minus 22 this morning. But what I'll do is I'll go into our uh, outerwear closet and I will immediately start to pull out the things that just weren't working for us anymore. Mittens that are too small or something that was mismatched or mittens that just get too soaked and the kids can't really play in them. And I let it go. So I, I get rid of the stuff that just we are done with that winter and I get rid of it. And then I pack away half the winter stuff because I keep a lot mm-hmm. out. I think a lot of parents keep a lot out um, just in case. But as mm-hmm. we're approaching the end, I pack half of it away. And if I have to go dig out the odd thing I do, but at least I'm already half packed up for when we no longer need it. Yeah, that's so great. What about you? Um, so for me, like I said, I, I really only have gotten into a deep, deep clean during the spring uh, 
last year. And what you were saying about the decluttering and versus the cleaning, I agree. I, I really only found success in both of those areas when I've separated them yeah. and I haven't tried to do them both at the same time. So decluttering is something uh, I tend to try to do after Christmas. I'm motivated. I try to ride the high of everybody else trying to declutter at New Year's and I try to do it then. Um, and then for spring cleaning, the one thing that I really, really loved doing last year because it is so satisfying is carpet cleaning. Oh. Um, I borrow my dad's carpet cleaner and it is absolutely gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, so much fun. gross, but it's so satisfying. Yes, it's so fun to see. And, um, it, you know, both Phil and I are cleaners, mm-hmm. not necessarily clearers. <laughs> of the clutter, but we are cleaners and we love that satisfying feeling oh, of yes. uh, a task that uh, maybe isn't done weekly. And then when you finally get to it, it's like a very visible, immediate gratification. Um, so carpet And like you never get sick of seeing pouring that out, that dirty water, like no. every single time it's exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually have a great mini version of a carpet cleaner. It's the Bissell Steam mop I think and I'll link to it in the show notes too um, and I almost have my mom sold on buying herself one but it's more for uh, floors and yeah. area rugs so I'll use it uh, weekly instead of mopping the floors I will yeah. use this on the floors too because it sucks up the water okay please link yes. that because I used to have an I old will. steam cleaner that didn't suck it mm. up and I'm like I'm just pushing hot water around and so that was years ago and I'm sure they've gotten a lot better Right. So this is very much like a carpet cleaner in that, that it it sucks it back up immediately as it goes down. And that's great for kids too. Um, But I remember the second time I used it, I waited until Phil got home from work. And I was like, I've been waiting for you. Do you want to watch with me as I pour out the (laughs) the dirty water? And it was such a satisfying thing seeing. So carpet cleaning for sure. If you can't do it yourself or if you can't borrow a carpet cleaner from someone else, uh, maybe that's something you can outsource if it's just once or twice a year that you do wash the carpets. Can and I then, say something about that? Yes. My yes. parents, again, my parents are like the ultimate spring cleaners. And so we never had a lot of money growing up. And my parents would always rent the steam cleaner from the grocery store. And they would always mm-hmm. share it with a neighbor. So they always picked a neighbor oh. and they would split the costs. And they would, because you have like 48 hours. And they one of them would pick it up. And the other one would drop it off when it was done. And they both got their houses done for half the price. That is a great tip. Yeah. So that's another option too. And then adding for this year, you mentioned perhaps also hiring for safety reasons, Mm -hmm. uh, but exterior cleaning. Mm-hmm. So not only the windows, which I also have on my list, but the siding yes. of your house. Uh, I was talking to our neighbor last spring and he was mentioning that he gets a company in to not only wash, but put a protective coating on the siding of his house mm-hmm. because there is a factory in our area that shoots a lot of soot into the air. Mm-hmm. And so on our white siding, <laughs> mm-hmm. often it shows and we can't get to it we can't get to a lot of it. A lot of it is two stories high, right? So yeah. that may also go on the list. But we, f- I forget often, especially being inside all winter, I forget about the exterior cleaning yeah. as well. Actually, for as, as clean as I am on the inside of my house, I, f- I neglect the outside a lot too. And only mm-hmm. when we pull up outside, I'm like, oh, gardens. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like I always that's do the right. windows, but I am not good with taking care of yeah, the, the outside landscaping. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. whole other thing. We need an mm-hmm. expert to come on as a guest speaker for the yes. for the gardening this summer. We'll work on that. Mm-hmm. And then my last tip too, uh, 
uh, is to wear an apron. You know, they're making a bit of a comeback and I'm so glad they are because they are super practical. Uh, They often have deep pockets for Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And then uh, obviously they keep your clothes clean underneath. And what that does, it actually puts me in a much better mental state to really get down to business and clean. It's like a uniform. So it gets you in the frame of mind. But also too, if I'm not concerned about getting things dirty, then I am more likely to not care very much about crawling on my hands and knees or lying down on my stomach to reach underneath the beds or the the couches or what have you. And so, yeah, aprons. And then you just throw them in the laundry machine afterwards and it's it's all good. Maybe that should be the thing that if people are wanting to get like jump a jump start or feel motivated to do this, they pop out and they buy a new apron. HomeSense has great mm-hmm. aprons. I just got a new one and I basically wear it from the minute I get up until 11 o'clock at night. I keep my apron on the entire day because I keep my phone tucked in the pocket mm-hmm. and headphones I wrap up inside through the apron because they've been caught on many a cupboard door <laughs> handle and ripped my phone out of my pocket. Um, be sure to get an apron. <laughs> Yes. And actually, so to go along with the apron and your headphones dilemma, I will also put on people's wish list uh, a pair of Bluetooth headphones. Can you I link got, to some? Yes, yes, that are affordable. I will link to mine that okay. I used. Um, I got them as a gift. Uh, for Mother's Day one year, a couple of years ago. And at first I thought, I don't know, another thing to charge. I don't remember to charge anything ever. But these have been the best gift for exactly what you said. I can Mm. put them in my ears and uh, it links via Bluetooth to my phone so I can listen to all my things and it doesn't get caught or you get snagged (laughs) all the time. I'm ripped back into that kitchen all the time. (laughs) And you know what? Um, I was going to say, like, your house doesn't have to be pristine. It just, it doesn't have to be to Mm -hmm. experience these benefits that we're talking about. It's great if it can be, but it doesn't have to be. And I feel like a lot of people, again, we've seen this over the years that they try and they just falls apart because, you know, they have kids and a life and our houses are lived in (laughs) and, um, and they just give up. But there are so many of these benefits that we're saying, like the reduced stress and just getting, feeling under control. And those can happen just when you start and you keep trying. And some of these psychologists that were being interviewed reported that when their clients finally take hold of the cleaning in their house they end up over time taking hold of the rest of their lives including like they're taking care of their health or weight loss or other things that they were struggling with that really learning how to master taking care of your house really does help you feel confident taking care of the rest of your life Okay, it's time for our What I'm Loving This Week segment of the show so Lindsay what are you loving this week? I'm loving a TV show on Netflix called The Big Family Cooking Showdown. Have you ever watched that? I have not, but I have heard about it. Oh, maybe I have. You explain. Did you watch season I'll... one? Okay. okay. I think so. <laughs> season two just debuted um, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago. And so season one has been on there for, I don't know, a year and a half. And we I watched season one when it first came out. And so, yeah, it's just, it's British. It's everything we like. It's cooking. Mm-hmm. It's British. But it's families and it's just so wholesome and they really do a great job cooking but it's just really watching the interaction of the families and so it being a showdown you know a family is eliminated each time and it goes down to the finals and it was just really really good family fun to sit and watch um it my kids loved it we've actually watched it up until almost the minute of recording today because it was the final episode and the kids were like mom well you can't you can't go record the podcast like we're in the last hour so we finished it up and I and I hope that Netflix does another season because it's just really great show 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I think I have seen it. And what I really liked about it, too, is what you were saying, that peek into different families mm-hmm. and their lives and their customs often, too. Yeah. And uh, just their way of doing life. I love that they put together such different families, but the core values of family and that the food ties them all together. Yeah. Right. And you're going to be starving watching it. Like all I want to do, there was, um, I won't, I won't do any spoilers, but there was some delicious Indian food cooking going on. And so Mm. a lot of like different parts of Asia and just a classic Sunday roast. And I'm watching it going. So I don't know if people have noticed I'm barely on Instagram right now, but I've been cooking kind of nonstop for five days. And that's truly because I've been watching the family cooking (laughs) showdown. So then I pretend I'm on a showdown in my own kitchen by myself. Oh, right, I'm under the clock. Yeah, yeah playing my own cooking game. <laughs> I win. Yeah. <laughs> what about Every you, time. Michelle? Yeah, what are you uh, loving? You know what? Um, so I have been more on Instagram the last couple of weeks. And so I would love to share two accounts that I really love to follow because uh, they're very inspirational. They're very encouraging. And sometimes on social media, we don't get a lot of that. And so I'd love to spread the love, so to speak. So the first account is Arrows and Bow. It's run by, uh, have you heard of them? Yes, I follow that one. Oh, okay. So uh, it's run by Ashley Patron. Mm -hmm. And what I love about her family's story is that their family of five lived for a year or over a year in an RV trailer, which I found fascinating to watch. And it inspired me to almost convince (laughs) Phil that we need to do the same thing, except they live in California and we live in Canada. So that would not work. (laughs) But she speaks a lot about authenticity, about simple living and minimalism, but making it work for your family and not being super concerned about um, being rigid on the rules, so to speak. And then a little bit of design as well is her wheelhouse. And so I find her very encouraging to just be yourself and how to be out in the world and be you. And then the second account that I love is Simply On Purpose, and that's run by Ralphie Jacobs. And she speaks a lot about parenting, but from a slant of child psychology and family life. And so, you know, often parenting tips are nice and articles uh, sharing tips are a dime a dozen nowadays. But she does a good job of describing the why uh, certain methods may work or not work. And I find her inspiring because I'm always on the lookout on how to connect best with the kids, create a family culture. And uh, it is that science of what Ralphie talks about that really forms an interesting foundation uh, of points to consider when we want to try something new. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. And remember, you can find all of our links and recommendations on our website, which is www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com. And you can subscribe to our podcast website to have the posts emailed directly to your inbox. You can also subscribe to our show directly through iTunes and Google Play. As well, if you're going to be on iTunes, please remember to leave us a rating and a review. Uh, It is helping so many people find the podcast and we love reading all the comments that we get on all the various forms of social media. So we'd like to give a a shout out to one of our commenters from last week. Uh, This is our friend Lulu Hennessy. And she says on our Instagram account, quote, I really enjoy listening to this podcast. The chemistry between you two ladies is spot on. This episode on fasting last week was one of my favorites. 
it was entertaining and informative, I will give fasting another look. So Lulu, thank you so much for sharing. We were so thrilled to hear that uh, the episode got you thinking again about fasting and that you are enjoying the show. And if you would like to leave us a comment, uh, Lindsay, where can people find us out and about on the web? They can find us on Facebook at the Modern Lady Podcast page and on Instagram under the same name, the Modern Lady Podcast. You can find Michelle on Instagram at MMSACHS, and I'm on Instagram at Linny Autumn. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week, everyone, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.